Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks. I am Renee, she is Tim, and that is our man, Front Row Kenny. How y'all guys doing? Most excellent. Renee, did you wash your hands before the podcast? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> we ain't trying to spread no we ain't trying to spread nothing on this podcast. <laughs> we can make a joke about it, but it's really serious out there. Offline we were just having a conversation about how the local stores are running out of toilet paper. Like that is mind boggling to me. No toilet paper, no hand sanitizer, no cough drops, no nothing. I guess if you can say one thing during this outbreak, you can at least wipe your ass. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay, that was not really funny, but it just kind of came out. So for all you sensitive listeners out there, we take it really serious. So if you are as serious as we are, go Put us on pause and go wash your hands right now. There you go. (laughs) How was your weekend, Kenny? I'm going to ask Kenny first because we never get to Kenny because if we ask Renee, Renee's weekend is usually a 10-minute conversation, and then I really don't ever have anything to say. So, Kenny, what say you? I guess I could say my weekend started a little early um, on Thursday. I went to go see my alma mater play um, basketball. And it was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool because I haven't seen him play in like maybe three years or so. Saw a lot of my old coworkers and you guys don't know. I went to the illustrious Tuskegee University in Alabama. Just want to make sure y'all know that. But it was cool to see them. Nah, 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 not Roll Tide. We just Golden Tigers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. One of them, too. But yeah, that was cool. So it was cool seeing them, seeing a few of my um, old, old folks that I used to work with. So that was cool. I spent some time doing that. But yeah, um, as well, on Saturday, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm not a complete sneakerhead, but I went ahead and picked up the Air Jordan 3 UNC, I think they're just called the UNC, they used to be just a player edition shoes, so if you were on the University of North Carolina Tar Heels, you got yourself a pair of those, but they decided to release them to the public, and so fortunately, I was able to get a pair, I almost got screwed over by DTLR, I will never go to DTLR ever again, ever again, downtown locker room, if y'all don't know, and they told me they had to have a raffle for the tickets, um, just to get a pair of shoes, and I was like, yo, I went to that store two days before that to ask them, do they have that issue, my sneaker has know how that goes, and then they said, nah, so I walk in there on Saturday morning, and they told me that, so I had to skedaddle to another mall, luckily, they had a size 10, got my shoes, and I'm a happy camper, but that was like pretty much the highlight of my weekend for real. Again, not time for Renee's weekend, but <laughs> you know, that's all I did this weekend. Well, you got a pair of new sneakers. That's exciting. Renee, can you top Kenny's sneaker purchase? <laughs> well, I don't know if I can top Kenny's sneaker purchase. Well, it's not a competition, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me see if I can uh, make my uh, weekend a little more exciting than a <laughs> sneaker purchase. Well, my weekend was probably no different than uh, any normal Rene Garcia weekend. I had uh, a couple of friends in town from uh, the East Coast, uh, from up New Hampshire, that were down visiting. So we actually had a uh, really nice Friday night, just low-key, a uh, little dinner, hung out at a at a local bar, 
came home and then Saturday was actually quite interesting because I had one heck of a day. I had to be up at a birthday brunch by 11.30. By 2 o'clock, I had to be at a uh, gender-revealing baby shower. I stayed there for a little bit. And then I had to be back uh, kind of like near Burbank area around 7 for a birthday dinner for my roommate's mom's birthday who just turned 80 years old. And wow, let me tell sir. you something. Yeah. Let me tell oh, you wow. something. For 80 years old, this lady was out dancing all of us last night. She was all <laughs> over that dance floor. It was amazing. And, uh, and it's just, it, I really hope I'm watching her, you guys. And I, and, 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 and if any of our listeners can maybe relate to this, I'm sitting there looking at this, this 80 year old lady and I'm thinking to myself, first of all, I hope I make it to that age. And if I do, I hope I have just as much energy as that little lady. Because that was something else. Well, we know Renee going to be shuffling till he 90 across the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. You're going to be like those videos you see on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter that come through. And it's the old man and the old woman on the dance floor. And they getting down with the get down. That's going to be Renee. <laughs> oh, that's totally going to be me. <laughs> that's you now. So imagine in another 40 years, that's going to be you still. Probably so. But I tell you what, I paid the price because all day today, I just been lounging around, laying on this couch. But it was it was good because I actually got to watch the race. So it was actually re- really nice. Well, I watched the race. Kenny watched the race. In terms of my weekend, it was pretty eventful, but uneventful. I spent Saturday, I went to the gym as always. Saturday morning, then I hit up Target looking for soap. Luckily, I got enough toilet paper to last, but yeah. <laughs> and then I went to Home Depot, just the the usual for me. But what I did do is I spent a lot of time coding. For those who don't know, I'm a self-coder. Like I can pretty much teach myself anything. So if I need to build a website, then I just do it. But I don't try to not hire an expert when needed, but for something as simple as what I'm working on, which is trying to get those t-shirts ready for you guys. Yes, I've been talking about those t-shirts forever, but if you want to take a look at them, head over to allturnsnowbreaks.com and you can see them. You just can't buy them. Well, maybe by the time you listen to this podcast, you'll be able to buy them because they are there. It says sold out at the moment, but that will be changed in a matter of days. So yeah, so that was my weekend. So let's jump into some NASCAR talk. We can't talk about the Lakers, but I don't want you LeBron haters to feel some type of way that LeBron took out <laughs> took out two of your favorite teams, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> MVP, MVP. Okay, okay, okay. So speaking of MVP right now, your boy Joey Logano is definitely the MVP of NASCAR. Because we've only raced four races, three on the West Coast and one in Daytona, and he's won two of those four. So right now, everybody, whether you love him or hate him, and clearly most of you guys hate Joy based on the poll we ran last week where everybody was (laughs) like, they hate Joy. Yeah, no kidding. You would have to suck it up and give your boy Joy the MVP. So our top 10 from Phoenix, Joy Logano. Harvick came in second, Kyle Busch third, Kyle Larson fourth, Clint Boyer. I'm happy to see yeah. Clint in fifth. Kurt Busch, like low-key, Kurt has kind of been doing okay. Kurt Busch in sixth, Chase Elliott 
who was our pole setter, he came in seventh. Eric Amarola came in eighth. Top 10 finish for that guy. Cole Custer, the rookie, ninth. William Byron, top 10 finish. He came in 10th. So it looks like two of the four Hendrick drivers managed to secure a top 10 finish. Notables, Brad Keselowski, who led 82 laps, came in 12th. At one point, I thought he could win, but it didn't work out that way. His teammate actually took his thunder. Chris Busher, he led a whole lap, and he came in 17th place. I don't recall him leading that lap, so I'm assuming that that lap came when maybe some people went in for a pit or something, but hey, I don't know. I just cannot remember that whole lap that he led. (laughs) Other notables, let's see, Martin Truex Jr., who I am officially changing his name to Can't Get Right Truex because he just is having a hell of a time this season. Last year, it was Jimmy Johnson who couldn't get right. And although Jimmy did not come in top 10, he did better than Martin Truex Jr. Like, he is just having a time. Ryan Blaney and whoop whoop to Ryan, who is going to remain with Penske for a few more years. And I I like that because, first of all, I just want to say for our true motorsports heads, could you guys imagine Ryan Blaney and... Joseph Newgarden doing a commercial together. You guys know I love me some indie champ, two-time indie champ, Joseph Newgarden. So, okay, yeah, I'm getting off the whole top 10 notable stuff. So, (laughs) Joey Logano led 60 laps. Harvick led 67 laps. And Kyle Larson, who came in fourth, who I I think he just didn't have the speed, but he was kind of in the mix towards the end. He led a whole two laps. That is your top 10 as well as your notables. And I guess we can just jump into it, Kenny, because I know you got a lot to say because you like to talk about the package. What were your thoughts about the racing at Phoenix? Man, I got to say, when when that announcement came out last year about the championship race being switched to Phoenix, I was not really necessarily the happiest person on this planet, if I'm being quite honest. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners and a lot of other NASCAR fans probably share the same sentiment as me. But I think having a short track package like how it was, 750 horsepower, small blade or two and a half inch spoiler on the back, low down force, it makes for what it's supposed to be. Phoenix is not a short track, but it drives like one. It makes for a really entertaining race. And I thought just throughout the entire day, I thought you saw a lot of guys mix it up. And when you talk about Blaney, for example, who was just an innocent bystander between the Brad Keselowski and Denny Hamlin incident, I thought to myself automatically, just off the restarts, it didn't take the fact that all the cars were strictly planted on the ground. And it was just four, wide, four, three, three and four wide all over the place through the dog leg. But you saw guys making actual mistakes that we don't really see very often. And again, that just separates the who's from the who. And then also you saw a lot of people switch the lead from time to time throughout the entire race. I mean, just like you had mentioned about Kyle Larson, at one point, I thought Kyle Larson had just enough speed to get himself out there. I thought he had a really good short run car, but he didn't have enough. Same thing with Chase Elliott. He had a really good long run car. I think had not a few cautions came out. We'd have been looking at a completely different race with him because I felt like he had the fastest car all weekend. But 
sometimes the fastest car doesn't necessarily win the race, but I think it's good that we had a chance to see what this was going to look like. And when it comes down to November, I think we're actually probably going to get a very, very entertaining race. So I'm super happy they finally switched that package back for the rest of the short tracks or Phoenix being an intermediate, but still. It should be great. So I hope that continues um, throughout the rest of the season. Well, I know Cole Hearn had posted on Twitter and he said, interesting, everyone loving this rules package. This is what NASCAR basically wanted for last year until the RTA cocked it up. Okay, that was an interesting <sighs> and straightforward comment. Yeah. <laughs> he cocked it up. <laughs> yeah. NASCAR definitely is happy. I know we ran a poll and we pretty much asked people their thoughts. And if I'm not mistaken, and I guess I should just pull it up and I can read it to you guys what we posted. So on our poll, we pretty much said, and if you have listened to the podcast or you follow us on Twitter, we run this poll typically at the end of stage two as we're going into the final stage. We asked fans two stages down, how are you enjoying the race at Phoenix so far? Hashtag NASCAR, hashtag FanShield500. On a side note, didn't even realize, aside from the hashtag, that the name of the race was FanShield500. Not quite sure if that brand is happy with the outcome, but that's just my thoughts. Nonetheless, 79% said two thumbs up, 7% said two thumbs down. 14% said, wake me up, and 0% voted for, uh. I got to ask about the people who said two thumbs down and wake me up. I I just wonder sometimes. I don't know what, I don't know what what you got to do, but I'm pretty sure that race was light years ahead in terms of what we saw last year at both races. I think that was way better than both 2019 races. It definitely was. I I remember having a conversation with somebody at NASCAR in Vegas a couple of weeks ago and they asked me if I was going to Phoenix and I was like no the racing is not good at Phoenix I'll go for sure for the final race but I had no desire to get myself to Phoenix for this race and now I'm disappointed that I did not go because I could have easily just drove from L.A. to Phoenix. It's only like 300 <laughs> yeah. and something miles. Last year, nobody could pass. That's the greatest drive in the world. Don't say that because, you know, I don't like driving to Vegas. That's why I just go there and come straight back. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not the worst, but it's it's not it's not as bad. How long is the drive? That's my question. Well, see, I don't go by what people say because some people will tell you that it takes four and a half hours to get to Vegas. And I'm like. Well, technically, oh, you got lead foot. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we all know that I broke the barrier. I got there in two hours and fifty-five minutes, which is mind-boggling. I will never break that again. I'm not even quite sure how I did at that time, but yeah, like to the point where I kept saying maybe I miscalculated, and I was like, no, because when I went home, it took me three hours and ten minutes, which is still the record. Because all the years I've been doing that drive, it usually takes me. Three and a half hours, which is about right. Occasionally, I do it in 3.15. But for me to do it in 2.55 and 3.10, that's bananas. Yeah. <laughs> Won't be wow. doing that again. But yeah, so that is pretty much Phoenix. I know Steve O'Donnell, he chimed in. Kevin Harvick had a lot to say. But for the most part, everyone seemed to be very pleased with the racing. And 
everyone was pleased with the compound that was laid down on the track. So do you think that made the difference in the racing? I think it makes a little bit of a difference because, I mean, once, and I'm sure some people know this, but once that stuff like really gets heated up is where it becomes good. And I think having it on the high side of the groove is where it makes a big difference. Because when you have it on the high side, you have guys going up on the top and then you have guys going to the bottom. So it basically is going to create two different spaces for people to either be very quick on the top or very quick on the bottom or some people being quick on both sides. So I think it helps out to some degree. I don't think it made everything great. I really just do think that the having the cars with low a low amount of downforce and a ton of horsepower just gives it back in the driver's hand. So I think they made more of it more so than the PJ1 to me. I think the short track package at Phoenix, like everybody, actually, if you watch the broadcast, if you notice, like I caught Jeff Gordon like twice referring it to Phoenix as a short track. And I was like, did I hear that correctly? And then I said, oh, you know what? Because it's the short track package that's being run at Phoenix. And he corrected himself kind of later on in the broadcast. But yeah, I mean, we all know everybody loves short track racing. So for the package to be at Phoenix, I guess it was just a win-win situation. It it fits it because it's a mile track, but it's not technically a short track. It just drives like one, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Question for you guys. So we talked about it just briefly a little bit earlier that, well, I talked about it. Blaney is going to be staying at Penske. It doesn't seem like Brad is staying at Penske. And I remember a comment where I guess they asked him and somebody said that he said that he wasn't making any calls, but he was accepting calls. Hmm. So Mm. it sounds like he's kind of out the door. What do you guys think? Renee, you think he's out the door? Um, The way I look at that is uh, because it's Brad and he has such a, a good relationship with Penske in general. I would imagine that Penske would allow him to leave if he wants to leave. I don't necessarily think it's something where they're pushing him out. I just don't see that. But I mean, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. But I think him leaving Penske, just weird because I've always known, I mean, I've always seen him at Penske, but I guess it's just like any other driver. If he were to jump to somewhere else, it'd be weird at first. Then you just get used to it. And then it's just another driver going to uh, another team. But it, it it would be weird to see him leave. It's nice to see all three of those guys together. I think they make a really good team. Kenny, here's a question for you. In all honesty, I like Brad, but Brad has an interesting personality. Like he, I don't think he would work well with the Joe Gibbs guys. And he definitely, personally, I don't think he would fit in with Chip Kanaski because Chip, you know, Chip, he, he, <laughs> he has a lot to say sometimes. <laughs> I was just trying to make that politically correct. But yeah, what do you think about Brad leaving Penske? Possibility? Uh, to to me, I think there is a possibility. I, I kind of feel like just based on like what, what you said with like that interview, I think it's like a one foot in, one foot out mentality. I mean, it's a big contract year. And obviously, like what we just mentioned before with Blaney, you know, wrapping up his contract, he's like one of the big, was one of the biggest free agents. Keselowski is on that same list as well to me. But I think he, like a lot of guys, especially in this era with so many young drivers that are very good, kind of got lost in translation between Chevy and Ford. 
Because remember, he was a junior motorsports driver. So he was a Chevy driver for a long time, all the way up through the Xfinity series up until he got to Penske. So I could definitely see him going to Hendrick. I think Hendrick is probably going to go for another veteran in that 48 car or whatever number he decides to run next year. I think that's where he may land. That's just my guess. But if he's unhappy at Penske, I, I guess it also can, you can also think about him and his younger counterpart that's below him in the NASCAR Xfinity series, Austin Sendrick, who is someone who people think are going to, is going to move up next year and be one of the rookies. So maybe he's thinking like, well, maybe they're just looking for another young guy. Maybe that's what they want to do. They want to build with somebody instead. But if you go somewhere, I think it may be Hendrick, if anything. I don't see, foresee Joe Gibbs and or Ganassi. I can see it at Hendrick before anything. I think that just goes along with his relationship with Dale Jr. Him, those two still being tight. I can see Brad to Hendrick and Larson to, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but I just really want him to be at Storehouse, but that's just me. Okay. He's a fit. Yeah. No, I think he's a good fit. That's, that's actually a, a, a lot of people yeah, think the same they, as There was you. one team I could see him doing that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's just my thoughts. Random question. So your boy, Nick Bromberg over at Yahoo, he wrote an article that says NASCAR's 18-year-old sensation is poised to fill the void left by Danica Patrick. Okay, let the conversation begin. I posted it on our Twitter account. I chimed in and I, I, you know, well, I reposted it and then someone commented. Actually, we had a couple of comments. I guess I should just read them. So you guys can have some context to what I'm saying. So Horace Poindexter 3 and his user is H Poindexter number 3. He chimed in and said, I'm a big time Haley Deegan fan. And I think it's smart not to rush things if the talent is there. And it certainly is. It ain't going anywhere. Use it to gain plenty of experience at each level. And then Michael Tapler Sr., his user is at Mikey Sr., he chimed in and said, the void left by Danica, dot, dot, dot. So you're telling me Haley is going to wreck two drivers and finish 26 every week. <laughs> that's rough. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's rough. I just chimed in and I spoke for all of us. Oh, actually, I thought I chimed in. I don't see the tweet, but... I thought I responded and I thought my response was that she, oh, I guess I didn't respond. Okay. I'm going to have to look for it. But I, I thought, I guess I responded in my head. Go figure. But my thought was, is that I think that Haley is being developed and she has the potential to be a way better driver than Danica. And no disrespect to Danica. Oh my God. We haven't said it in two years, Renee. <laughs> What's, what did we used to say? We're not Danica haters. We're just we're not, not Danica, Danica fans. fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I didn't think we would ever say that again on the podcast. Wow. But there you have it. And th that's my thoughts. Like, I think because she is taking her time and, and she's being developed at every level, that she will be greater than Danica. Those are my thoughts. Okay. Nobody else wants to share anything. So we'll move right along. <laughs> It's all good. Yep. There was an exclusive article, I believe it was exclusive, on Front Sports Office, and they talked about NASCAR's lack of a title sponsor for the big three events, which are the Daytona 500, 
the championship race and Renee or Kenny, what was the last one? I know it was three races. Um, um, it was, uh, did you say Charlotte Motor Speedway? Oh yeah. The all-star race. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's my thoughts. I like it like that. I feel like Daytona 500 should never have a title sponsor because it's, I mean, it's great to have the money, but nobody's ever going to call it like, because even like, okay, going back to the Coke 600, well, I guess we do call it the Coke 600, but we call Daytona the Daytona 500. You call the Southern 500 the Southern 500 without even saying like Bojangles or whatever it is typically. Oh, but Bojangles left anyway, right? Right, but you know that's what it was. Uh, so there you have yeah, it. Yeah, you know people always knew it is that anyway. It's an interesting time when it comes to sponsors and stuff, but I think that obviously you need the money, but I also think that it's a catch 22. You want to have NASCAR on the brains and the lips and minds of everyone versus Coca-Cola or Ford, because like we we talked about this offline, Ford is no longer the title sponsor for the championship race. But in all honesty, I never said the Ford 200, Ford 300, or Ford 400. However, I am, they did a great job with the branding. I just always said Miami. It's like Homestead. It's actually Homestead Miami. I never say Homestead. It's Miami. The championship race, not the Ford. 400 yeah those are my thoughts i don't know i feel like i'm talking to myself so no 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 nobody wants to talk nascar with me (laughs) nah nah you see look like on the Haley digger question i thought that was just gonna be your statement i did i I do have like a brief thing to say about her okay be brief and then we'll get into some predictions yeah, I, I agree with you 100% with um her development. I think that's just where, like, Danica kind of lacked. I think she just needed more time to develop rather than just moving up so quick. And I think that's what Ford's going to do well with Haley Deegan. I think she's a hell of a talent, Um, great personality overall for, for the sport itself. And I think over time, she'll continue to get better. And super young means, you know, long way to go. So it'll be cool to see how she develops over the next few years or so. I think Danica needed more time to develop and a better attitude. And ironically, I'm just going to say this. I don't care whoever listens to this podcast. I felt like her and Aaron Rodgers is a match made in heaven because we already know uh- <laughs> he is not. He doesn't have the best reputation for having the best attitude. And they're <laughs> crazy in love, as Beyonce would say. How about that? Yeah, that's perfect. There's somebody yeah, for a- everybody. Renee, you still single? <laughs> Somebody's out there for you. Some, You know what? Yeah. Your future girlfriend or wife is out there waiting for you on the dance floor. That's right. Oh, my god. Kenny has yes. a girlfriend, so whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into some per predictions we're headed to atlanta oh we didn't even talk about the truck race okay kenny i'll let you talk about the fight and then after everybody gives their predictions we'll talk about the bounty because the bounty is going down in atlanta so before we jump into some predictions because i forgot we have to talk about the xfinity fight in phoenix well, it wasn't Xfinity. They didn't actually, Xfinity didn't fight, but some drivers had a fight <laughs> that drive in the Xfinity series. You know what I'm saying? 
And then we have to talk about the bounty in the ATL because it's going down in Chase home state and he is going to escape. I don't know. <laughs> that was the worst <laughs> bubblegum rap you ever heard. Clearly, that is not my specialty. Okay, Renee, who you got? Who are your predictions for Atlanta? Hotlanta. All right. It's time for Grace Predictions. Here we go to Hotlanta. Alrighty, so let's see here. I'm going to go with a driver who I thought had a pretty good race, and I thought one of several drivers that could have pulled it out other than Logano, but they didn't. But this weekend coming up in Atlanta, I'm actually going to go with Kyle Busch winning in Atlanta. And if I have to pick an alternative pick, I'm actually going to go with Chase Elliott. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott uh, as my uh, alternative pick, but I got Kyle Busch coming out on top on this one. Those are my picks, and I'm sticking with him, Kenny. All right. Just like you said, we're heading to hot Atlanta this time around. I think I'm actually going to go with Brad Keselowski as my main pick for Atlanta. I saw him win in 2017 in person, which is one of my first races I ever attended. So I think he's been pretty good there over time. And I think he's due for a win. He's had a good car so far this year. He just had a couple unfortunate happenings. But then I'm going with my alternative pick. I'm going to do the same exact thing as Renee. I'm actually going to roll with Chase Elliott. The hometown hero. I think if he wins that thing, they are going to burn that place down. <laughs> so that being said, Miss Tam, what are your picks? No history lesson today. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> that was some honesty for you. If you don't learn nothing else on this podcast, we keep it 100. My pick <laughs> to win is going to be the number four, Kevin Harvick, and my alternative because they're going to do the siren thing or whatever it is they do in his home state. That's going to be Chase Elliott. Now, we got to talk about the truck race. Because your boy Chase is entering the Thunderdome. The Thunderdome. Oh, Kenny may be too <laughs> young to know that movie. But I know Renee knows the movie with Mel yeah, Gibson exactly and Tina Turner. I love <laughs> that. Tina Turner. Oh, my God. Every time it comes on, it's like the Goonies. I got to stop and watch it. Okay. So Chase is going to enter the Thunderdome with Kyle Busch. And Kyle Busch is going to spank that butt and win that bounty. So that was a (laughs) prediction for you. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about the bounty? Do you think anybody, any cup driver will beat Kyle Busch in the truck? I don't see it happening, Kenny. Um, God, Kyle Busch is just... uh... He's too damn good in them, them trucks, and it's just crazy about it. Not that it can't happen, but uh, I don't see it happen this time around. <laughs> He's so darn good, right? Maybe if somebody could do it, I guess it could be Chase. I don't know. What do you think, Kenny? I think probably, I think I'm actually going to roll with you as well on that one. I think the reason why I say that is because Kyle runs the trucks like five or six times a year, if that. Matter of fact, I think he won every single one he was in last year that he did. So I think the disadvantage to any of the guys trying at it, whether it's Chase Elliott or Kyle Larson, and I think Kyle Larson in Miami, if it doesn't, you know, happen, is the fact that he they don't have the same exact amount of experience that he does. Like they don't they don't do that very often. So I think that's where he takes the advantage. Maybe Chase has a little bit more motivation because he's in his hometown. I don't know, but uh, or home or home state, so to speak. But yeah, I think it'll be pretty entertaining. though. I think it add some extra eyeballs to the truck series for sure. So it'll be interesting. I actually can't wait for this truck race and the next one as well. 
Okay, and before we go, Kenny, you want to talk about that little pit roll scuffle at Phoenix with the Xfinity drivers, <laughs> Brandon? Yeah, with uh, Brandon Brown and Dylan Bassett, they got into it at the end of the race. If you guys look um, online or you watch the Xfinity race on Saturday, those two got into it towards the end. Uh, to be quite honest, one pinched the other. I can't remember which one exactly who who did what, but um, I, no, Brandon Brown did pinch him, right? But when you're in that type of situation, those things will happen. So either you're going to get hit or you're not going to get hit. Trust and believe me. So, you know, that's that on that. But I didn't really think it was a fight. We have got to stop fighting with these damn helmets on. That's not a fight to me if you got a helmet on. Like, ah, don't look. Just wait till the dude gets out the car and, and just let him scrap if you're going to let <laughs> like him scrap. Like I said, scuffle. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you know, yeah, you it wasn't that. a fight. You called it right, scuffle. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> scuffle is the best word. That won't know Kale and Donnie Allison, I can tell you that. If you know, you know. But that wasn't yeah, a definitely. damn fight. Scuffle was it. <laughs> okay, well, Renee, scuffle us on out of this podcast. All right. <laughs> well, here we go. We appreciate you uh, hanging out with us on another episode here with us. Those are our predictions. And uh, if if you have predictions, why don't you send them in to us? Hit us up on our social media across the board. At turns no breaks again. That's at turns no breaks. Certainly do appreciate you coming in and listening to us each and every week here on All Turns No Breaks for Kenny, Tam, and myself. We will see you again next week on another episode of All Turns No Breaks. See ya. We going to Atlanta. Bye bye. Hot. Thanks so much for tuning in. 